Hi, sweet friends, and welcome back to another podcast. I hope that you're doing well and you've having good, been having a good week so far. Um, for some reason, this week's just been crazy for me and honestly kind of discouraging. Um, I have just been feeling very behind on things, and personally, I don't handle it super well when I get very behind on housework or clients' orders for my business or YouTube, etc. And so I think maybe God is teaching me how to be okay with things falling behind sometimes because I have been feeling that um, very hard all week. But anyways, it's always good to be here talking today and I want to talk about finances, which I am hoping is something that I can give someone some really great insight to. Um, no bragging here, I promise. I want to stay humble about this, but I feel like I have grown in finances tremendously in the last two years-ish, and I think what I've learned is a value not only to me, but to other people, so I want to share what I've learned. Um, I'm going to try to break this podcast up into a few categories here um, so that it's a little easier to follow along and I just don't talk in circles. Um, first, I want to give a background on kind of like my personal financial history and how uh, my husband and I came to follow a budget and get our credit scores up and things of that nature. Uh, secondly, I want to explain the simple budget that I've laid out for our family and how I have stuck to that for over a year now. And uh, lastly, I want to talk about how I shifted my perspective on money and just kind of chat about how important your view of money is to your daily life and to simple living. Uh, Okay, so let's just jump right in here and talk about a little background on my financial knowledge and how I kind of landed where I am today. Uh, So to back up pretty far um, for my childhood, I I didn't grow up in a very wealthy family um, to speak, so to speak. My mom and dad made a lot of sacrifices so that my mom could stay home with her children while my dad worked. And as a kid, I don't think I really realized the sacrifices that were made, but I am so thankful now and I'm so proud of my parents for making that decision and sticking to it no matter how tough it may have gotten at times, which I am sure it got extremely tough and probably scary at times. Um... I know that not everybody has the ability to make that happen, but having a mom at home full-time was just so crucial to our upbringing, and it attributed so largely to the people that my brother and I are today. Um, I mean, the views that I have in the world are because of my mom being there with us so much, and us being raised by our own mother instead of school systems or, um, you know other people that take care of your children all day while you're at work. Um, and he and I are extremely similar, my brother and I, um, in how we view money. And I just think it has to do a lot with how we were raised. But with that being said, my parents very much kind of shielded us and they wanted us to have as good as they could possibly provide. And so sometimes I really had no idea that we weren't like middle to upper middle class because, of the really nice Christmases we had and birthdays and just overall finances were just never discussed in front of us and I just really didn't understand the value of a dollar completely because of that and I didn't really understand where we stood 
So as I got older and I went off to college and I started seeing those student debt bills pile up and I had to start working and paying for my own food and gas and clothing and I moved out of my parents' home, I really started to dive into the world of finances, but I wouldn't say I was just super successful at that time. Um, I did get very good at thrift shopping, which is something that my mom taught growing up, but aside from that, I really didn't track my money and my finances were really just kind of this like mystical thing that I really didn't plan for my future with or keep track of. Okay, so fast forward and my husband and I uh, are married and we're both working full-time jobs and we were making decent money and so we really just spent whatever we felt like and by we I really mean me. I mean, I didn't have any regard for buying something if it seemed affordable enough and our bank account looked solid to me. I feel like I feel like it's important to note. My husband is very, very good with finances and he had a well-established savings account before we got together. So, if it hadn't been for him, I just don't think we would have been able to keep up with my mentality or view/spending of our money. Um but yeah, we kind of just kept going down that road and eventually my husband said to me, okay, we are spending more than we are bringing in and I really think we should try and sit down and have an actual budget and really track where all of our money is going. And at first I was like, oh yeah, that, that sounds great. And then I sat down and I tried to just write a simple budget and I literally had no idea what I was doing, where to start. And I just gave up. I tried like finding some Pinterest templates or whatever and watching some YouTube videos and none of them were like inherently bad. Maybe there were a few, uh, but they just didn't work for us and doing it all on paper and stuff was just really way too much for me to handle with working 40 plus hours a week at the time, which I wanted to take a minute to talk about how much I hated that. Uh, my job was at a local thrift store. And I would stand on my feet for 8 to 12 hours a day, taking in donations and sorting through them and pricing them. And it was very physically demanding, but it was also very mentally draining and truthfully just kind of wrecked my spirit. Um, I think I'm going to do a whole episode about quitting my job and starting my own business and how all of that went down and how it's changed my life. But to keep a long story short, a few months after we started tracking our finances and making a budget, I quit my job and started my own small business selling my art. And so that made budgeting really scary and really difficult because number one, we didn't have the steady income that I had had at my job. So that was scary. But also the sporadic income as I sold my pieces or as custom pieces were sold that I created or whatever it was just like as it came in so some months were super great and then other months were really slow um and so it was just hard to track what we were making because it was really unpredictable and uh honestly though it was a giant blessing because it completely opened my eyes to how I viewed money and spending and I really got to get a budget going and stick to it and learn how to live below our means because I was put in a situation where I really just, I mean, it came down to I had to learn. Okay, so you have a little history on my finances now, so let's dive into the budget that I use and all that good stuff that goes with it. 
So I use the Dave Ramsey app called Every Dollar, and at first, when a friend told me about this app, I was like, ew, no, I don't want to use an app because I hate being on my phone. If you know me, I hate using my phone for things. Um, I would rather just write it down the old-fashioned way. But uh, my husband eventually talked me into giving it a try because we could both log into the app and check on our finances from different places. Um, And it was a free app and it does all the math for you. And truthfully, the fact that it did all the math for me was literally the only reason I gave it a shot. (laughs) So yeah, we downloaded the app. And we set up a very basic budget that I have since tweaked a tiny bit. So I'm going to walk you through what it's like now. And for our own privacy, I'm obviously not going to disclose what our income is or anything like that. But I do want to be transparent about what we spend because I am quite frankly proud of how far we've come to get our spending down. And I don't, I also just don't feel like I can really provide tips on how to get spending down and give you a realistic idea if you don't know you know, what the categories are. So, okay, whether you want to download the app to use it or you just want to do old-fashioned pen and paper, the basic setup is the same for what I recommend that has worked for us. So, at the top, we have our income. Now, I know that our income fluctuates a lot. So, when we first started, Um, I basically just would go back a couple months and like see what we were averaging as an income and then, um, I would like import that as a basic starting place. So I just kind of knew like, okay, we never make less than this, um, because it's kind of difficult, um, with your income fluctuating. And so once you get that set up and you get a budget started, then you can just import your income like as it comes, but to start out and really see what you're spending, I recommend you just go back if your income does fluctuate. If it's the same, that makes things very, um, I almost said difficult, but it makes things very simple. Okay, so you've got your income at the top, and now we can divide into main categories that have subcategories under them, which is kind of hard to explain without showing you, but just go with me here. So the main categories are giving, savings, debt, housing, transportation, food, personal, lifestyle, health, and insurance. So going down that list, the giving category is just that. It's very self-explanatory. What you have in your heart to give to your church or your community or literally anything that you want to give to, uh, that will look different to every single person. And I personally do not want to share uh, our amount here. Um, but that's obviously an extremely personal decision, so you can make that whatever, uh, you feel comfortable with. And then next is savings, and within that we have our retirement fund, an emergency fund, and a travel fund. So our travel fund is currently set at $80, and then our retirement and emergency end up getting split, with what we have remaining at the end of the month after everything is paid for. So like when we get to the end of the month and I look at what we've spent, if we have, I don't know, just to make it easy, a thousand dollars left, then 500 of that could go into retirement and 500 of that could go into our emergency savings fund. Um, then next is the housing category, which is where you would have your rent or your mortgage, your utility bills, household items, 
And right now we are insanely blessed to not be paying for rent or utilities or internet because we live with my in-laws who are gracious enough to let us live here for free in all those categories, which again, I am fully aware what an insane blessing that is. Um, but we did make that decision to sell our house and move in here to do that. And we downsized, which I've talked about in my previous episodes, but that was a huge financial decision for us to save a ton of money. Um, so sometimes you just have to make radical decisions like selling your house to save a ton of money um, when God lays a path out for you. But anyways, so that category for us is empty right now. Um, and then uh, the only category in the house like, the only subcategory in the house category is household items, and that's just things like shampoo, toilet paper, paper towels, things like that that you would buy from a grocery store but isn't food, and sometimes, like, if one of us is in need, like, a pair of our jeans ripped or something like that, you know, just things that you need to keep a household going, um... And then the next category is transportation, and in that we have gas and car maintenance. So for gas, I just basically looked back and I kind of guessed about what we were averaging over a few months and tried to stay within that so that we wouldn't go over what we were allotted, but also I wanted to be realistic and not set ourselves up for failure and just put $50 in there, and then, you know, when we spend more than that in gas, be like, well, great, we've gone over our budget. So, for us, that's $200 a month. Now, if we go on a long trip or something like that, uh, and we fill up the car to go on that trip, we take it out of our travel fund. Um, Just because that's not day-to-day, get to work, go grocery shopping, visit a friend, kind of like gas. That's like a specific expensive thing that doesn't come from those expenses. So, we take it out of travel um, and just like loop that in with whatever trip we make. Uh, same with the food that we eat when we go on a trip that just all comes out of the travel fund and for car maintenance I used to allocate $20 a month to that but really we just leave it empty now um, because it was just feeling like that wasn't really necessary for us uh, you might want to do that but we leave it empty and when something comes along we'll just fill in with what we spent there so that we know that's where that money went And then uh, moving right along, we have the food section, which is kind of a big one. Um, Food can be difficult to learn how to budget. So we have our groceries and eating out in the food section. And with my meal planning and prepping, we have been able to bring our grocery budget down to $220 a month, which is really really great for us um that comes down to very very cheap per meal for the two of us and uh I mean okay literally we used to spend like five to six hundred dollars a month on food and I don't honestly even know how we were doing that like I don't know what we were buying and maybe you spend that much on food I mean we don't have children but like to me that just feels like a lot And I just feel like we were flying by the seat of our pants and life was just like, okay, whatever looks good and super fast paced. We both worked and it was hard to meal plan and prep. And so we have slowly been able to bring our grocery budget down to $220 a month. And with grocery inflation right now, that feels really good to me. So, and then our eating out budget is $125 a month. And sometimes we don't spend the whole thing because we truthfully just don't go out to eat often. 
Um, but I have that there and obviously COVID has kind of put a damper on some of these things that we get to enjoy. So, but it helps save money. Um, but yeah, going out to eat was something that we probably did more frequently before COVID happened and we've just learned to eat at home more and it really saves a lot of money. And the next is the personal section, which is where we have what we call our play budgets. And so that's Matt, my husband's play budget, my play budget, a family play budget, and our date night budget. So for Matt and I, we both have a little checking account that is linked to our main banking account. So like we can see, you know, what the other person is spending. Um, but they're, they, we have our own little debit cards for it. And at the beginning of the month, we deposit $80 into it. And depending on if you spend it or not, it will accumulate over time. And if my husband is listening to this, I know he's laughing because my play budget banking account is always gone in the first couple of days uh, after we deposit money into it. And his is always hoarded up to like over a thousand bucks because he literally is the least impulsive person I have ever met. And he likes having his options with his fun money. <laughs> and I just like to go out and be like, okay, it's so fun just having this fresh whatever money in my pocket and going to buy and like seeing how much I can get thrifting and like squish it in there. But anyways, it's really fun and it's a really good way to not, you know, to hold each other accountable and not just spend a ton of money. So uh, the family play budget is like the same concept. We deposit $80, but it's just not... um like we have to decide on something that we're going to buy together as a couple and it also rolls over if we don't spend the full amount um but it's nice that we can kind of have something we do together that we just kind of treat ourselves with and then our date night has $60 in it which rolls over also uh we usually spend almost all of that because eating out you know we go do something nice or we go to dinner and a movie and stuff so um but $60 is pretty realistic to be able to go out and eat and go to a movie, especially if you just go out and eat one month and then you only spend 40 and the next month you've got 80 or whatever. Um, and on the first Friday of the month, we go out uh, every month and we kind of take turns deciding what we're doing or where we're going and eating or whatever. And we just go have a nice night out and it has been so good. So I highly recommend if you can afford that. There are obviously free things to do too. And sometimes we do things on the cheaper end or free end, but... I highly recommend that if you uh, don't do a regular date night with your uh, spouse. It's so much fun. Uh, but the next category is lifestyle, which has quite a few subcategories, so just stay with me. But a lot of them are just self-explanatory. So you have pet care, Hulu, Peacock, our cell phones, and presents. So the first ones are, like I said, very uh, self-explanatory. It's just dog food and vet... Bleh vet bills <laughs> kept coming out vet bills um which just sounded so right in my brain vet bills that we set aside $80 a month for for our two dogs and that's just like food and you know things of that nature and then our streaming services and phones are again self-explanatory hulu and peacock or you know five or six bucks a month and then our cell phones and then the present category it's just money that we put aside for when we're buying presents for baby showers or birthdays or Christmases or whatever. And I never set this lower than 25 And if we don't spend it, then it can kind of roll over so that there are those few months out of the year that we have like 
Mother's Day and graduations and like five birthdays all in the month of May, um, then when that month comes, it doesn't feel so horrible because we've planned for it. Um, then moving on, we have the health category, which we have my gym, match gym, and our medical bills. Gyms, again, self-explanatory. It's just a flat bill that we pay to have our gym memberships. And then thankfully we have no medical bills to be paying right now. Um, I usually just put $25 in that because that's our copay if one of us needed to go to the doctor or something. Uh, but otherwise we can just take the medical bills as they come which again are thankfully low and rare for us, which is a huge blessing. And then the last two categories are insurance and debt, and those both don't have any subcategories. I mean, all of our insurance is through State Farm, and it's just paid in one lump sum. And then the debt, we just have our, well, they're mine, but our uh, leftover student loans that are just being paid monthly. Okay, wow. I know that was a total mouthful, and I hope it made sense. It makes a lot more sense if you write it down or you download the app because it's, like, already categorized in the app for you. For the most part, you can tweak it personal and, like, personalize it for yourself. But once you lay out the categories and you set an amount for all of them, you can add up all the amounts and see what you um, have planned for spending for the month. Or the app will do it for you, like I said. So, like, you can go look and it'll have all your categories. And at the top it will say, you know, $1,600 planned for this month in spending. Or $5,000, I don't know what you spend. Uh, that was just a random amount. But, like, now that you see what you have, what you are spending or what you have planned to be spending... You can look at it and how it relates to your income. So, like, is it more than you have coming in? Like, are you planning on spending $2,000 when your income is 1000 Or, um, you know, is it a lot less than you're bringing in? So, like, do you make 3000 and you're only spending $1,000? Um, and what can you do with that extra money? Or what do you need to cut down if you are overspending? Um, if you have extra money, of course, I recommend giving where your heart leads and also saving in the situation that you do have an abundance. But, okay, once you have really honed in on all of your categories and you have your amounts pretty well set and you feel confident in what you're spending versus what you're making, then the rest is seriously so easy. Like, that part is the hardest, or at least it was for me, because it was the most time-consuming, it was mentally and sometimes emotionally draining, because I had to be really honest with myself about my spending habits, and sometimes that just pokes you right in the pride, but now if you've gotten over that hump, then when you spend money, you can sit down and input what you spent, and it always will fit into some category that you have laid out for yourself, and this is why I love the app so much, because it automatically calculates how much you have left in that category, uh, but also you can do things on the go. So if you pump gas, you can just throw it in the app before you leave the station and you don't even have to think about it. And also if you're out and you are thinking of getting Taco Bell or something, <laughs> you can open the app, look and see, oh, we only have, you know, $3 left in that budget. So I think I'll just go home and grab something. So self-discipline is the next difficult thing to tackle for keeping under the budget and staying on track because you actually have to tell yourself no to things and denying ourselves of our desires is just really not in our nature and it isn't easy, but 
Um, you know, that leads me to the last thing that I want to talk about and what this podcast is all about, and that is your lens of how you view the world, but specifically uh, how you view money. Okay, so how we view money is so, so, so extremely important to how we spend it and can absolutely just rule your life and your heart. Now, I don't want to dive way too deep into this topic because I honestly could probably talk about this for hours, but I believe that where your money goes is a direct reflection of your heart. So if your money is draining and you track your spending and you see that you're spending more than you're making because you buy way too many shoes, which is a silly one, but you know, or too much fast food. I mean, or we could dive really deep here and say alcohol or drugs or just things that are not so good. It really shows where your heart is. I mean, think about it. You really must love whatever it is that you're spending your hard-earned money on. Like, for me, personally, that tends to be clothes, which is so funny because I'm always talking about how you should be decluttering your closet and how only having functional clothing and things that you really love and use should be in your closet, taking up space and getting, you know, your money spent on them. And I firmly believe all of that, but I love clothes and I always have, and I like to express myself with clothes and I feel more confident in certain types of clothes. So I'm preaching to myself here, but I really have to watch what I consume and spend money on uh, with that you know, I've come a long way in checking my priorities when I'm buying a piece of clothing. Like, I ask myself things like, okay, number one, am I in need of this? Um, Number two, will I wear it long enough to justify spending money on this? Um, And number three, why do I want this so bad? (laughs) Like, we are such a consumer society, and I'm planning on doing a podcast about this really soon, but We are so used to consumerism and gimme, 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 and I want this right now, right here, and I, I mean, we just don't stop and think about so many things when we're buying, and number one, if you are a Christian, being, is this glorifying God by spending money on this thing right now, and also, just, do I really need this? I mean, gosh, you guys, we are so spoiled. And I'm being convicted of this more and more lately, but I think about things that people go without and I honestly get so embarrassed and frustrated by how much I personally and we as a society consume. We just frivolously buy and hoard up material items, things that don't matter and compromise our hearts and our finances while doing it. I mean, stop for a second and go down this road with me. Think about how many people are hungry in your community. Someone somewhere is going to go to bed hungry tonight or their child is going to go to bed hungry tonight and they can't feed them or they're struggling because they don't know, you know, school started and they don't know how they're going to afford to put shoes on their child's feet or a car to drive them to school or, I mean, there's so many situations and these situations might sound extreme to us, but they're not. I mean, they are in our backyard and we're so wrapped up in ourselves that we spend money on the silliest, most trivial things when it's happening under our nose. And I just pray that God shows each and every one of us how to find a balance with our finances so that we can have a heart and can help people with our money that would have, you know, gone to buying that cute pillow from Hobby Lobby or the fall candle that we've been obsessing over. (laughs) 
Now, okay, I want to stop and say that I am so guilty of this stuff too. I am I'm not on my high horse here and insinuating that I am perfect and I just give to the needy every last dollar that I have. I mean, we can always be growing and giving more, but we can also go too far down the road of legalism and get to the point where we drive ourselves literally insane to the point where we're thinking, oh gosh, like I bought a $7 burger today and that $7 could have bought somebody else a meal and I'm just so ashamed of myself. No, I'm not saying go into the extreme here and think that every penny that you have should go to giving, okay? I'm not, I'm not insinuating that you need to feel bad for spending money on things that are fun. Like, I, I'm not insinuating that by the little jab about Hobby Lobby pillows or whatever. Like, if you have Hobby Lobby pillows, I'm not saying you're bad because same. But life is just all about balance, right? I mean, my personal goal here by saying all of that in prayer is for God to keep my eyes open to stewarding our money well and softening our hearts to desire to give freely and often. And so that next to that... Second to that, we can enjoy some of the money that God has blessed us with to buy things that we enjoy within reason and go on vacations within reason. That's what I mean by having a balance and what I mean by simplifying this whole concept of money. I mean, people can develop such a love of things that is fueled by ultimately a love of money and they completely let it rule their lives and I truly don't ever want to fall prey to that. I I don't think that anyone, I don't want anyone listening to this to fall prey to that either. People will work their whole lives away to make money or to do dishonest things that will make them more and more money and they will neglect what's important in their life and the people in their lives and all for the sake of accumulating things. Things that you can't take with you when you leave this earth and that you're not going to look back and be proud of in comparison to experiences and most importantly, people that you love. Like, Do we really think that if we're on our deathbed, we're going to look back and be like, I am so glad that I worked those extra Saturdays so that I could buy, you know, 10 extra Bath and Body Works candles. (laughs) That might sound really ridiculous, but honestly, no. I mean, the things that we like work to purchase that are like that, that aren't important, that aren't needed, that aren't going to bring us experiences in life or benefit others or whatever, like we're not going to look back and be like, thank goodness. Um, okay, the bottom line here is that, and I always want to circle back to this, that if you're listening to this podcast, then you are probably listening because you're interested in living a slower and a simpler life. And Also, you don't want to just be hearing bad news all day about what a bad person you are about how you're spending money. But money plays a massive role in living a slower and simpler life. Being in control of your finances and having freedom in your mind to feel good about where your money is going truly is key to living a simpler life. And it's truly just such freedom. I mean, knowing, okay, I plan to have all of our bills paid this month. We have prayed for God to soften our hearts with giving, and we have given money in accordance to what our hearts desired. We've set aside money for our savings and our future, and now we can enjoy our money doing fun things within perfectly good reason, and all of that just eliminates buyer's remorse, which is something that I struggle with hugely, 
and guilt and financial struggles and arguments in marriage and so many other things. Like you experience freedom when you sit down, make a budget, and you decide on it with your spouse and you stick to it. It slows us down to really see where every single penny that we are spending is going and we feel like we have made really good decisions for ourselves, those around us, and the planet. So, as always, I do want to be sensitive, though, to knowing that not everyone has the freedom to get their budget in that place right now. Maybe you don't make enough money to really pay your bills, even, uh, let alone give and save and spend on things. But, friend, I want to pray that God opens your eyes on what to do next and where to go from here, and he blesses you with means to be able to provide for your family. I believe that when we pray and we ask, God will always answer, and when we trust him with our money, he will always take care of us uh, in one way or another, and it might not look like what we have planned, but he will take care of us. Uh, If you haven't, then try praying and try trusting in God and see what the Bible has to say about money and how to steward it in a way that glorifies him. And I believe the rest will follow that. Sometimes we do need get, you know, help getting back on our feet, though. And there is no shame in that. There's no shame in asking for help. There is none in that whatsoever. So wherever you are financially, I pray that you can take control of your finances and have freedom in simplifying them in a way that fits a slower way of life. And also, I just feel like it needs to be said that talking about money can just be so taboo, but I just think that's so silly, especially among people that you love and you share the same beliefs with. I mean, ultimately, money is just a neutral thing. It just exists. And we have to deal with it every day in life. And I personally think we have the control about it being a negative influence or a positive influence on our minds and our hearts. We don't always have control over how much money we make or things of that nature. So I don't, again, I don't want to be insensitive to that, but I do think that we have control over how we let it affect um, our hearts and our souls and our Uh, well-being and they can be either a positive influence or a negative influence. So I'm going to leave you with that and hopefully I was able to leave you with some good advice or at least some food for thought about uh, finances and budgeting and how to stick to it and when you do this it will slowly start to bring uh, you peace and freedom and hopefully will bring your credit scores up and Uh, will bring you to goals that you have set long term. So again, I'm going to leave you with that. And uh, I cannot wait to talk to you in the next podcast. So bye friends.